Welcome to the Calyrex Game Corner's Pokemon D&D campaign, featuring Jacob as Schmidt with his far-fetched Quacko, Melissa as Cindy with her Vulpix Soul Eater, Grace as Elodie with her Milsery Cabbage, and CJ as Gimli with his Roggenrola Trevor. My name is Rich, and I'm the Game Master, and this is Dunsparce and Drampa. It's now morning. The whole party spent the night at the hostel at the Pokemon Center in Fortree City. There's a series of bunk beds. You are the first to awaken, whether it was anxiety over the gym challenge or the events that happened to you the day before. You are now awake and ready to head to the gym. Do you do anything in the Pokemon Center or interact with anyone who is sleeping before you leave? Am I assuming everybody's like full healed? We're good to go. Yes, everyone had a lawn okay. rest overnight. All right, I guess I'll head pretty much straight to the gym. You walk outside, and it's a very nice, crisp morning. Um, you can see over in the horizon from where you came in the east, rain clouds are starting to form. Looks like the drought is officially over, and the, the, the rainforest route is about to see some water again. You climb the ladder, you take over the walkway. It's a quiet, quiet morning. Unfortunately, no one's really doing anything. And you approach the gym doors. They slide open, and you see the same gentleman who provided you with your trainer's license and badge box from the day before. He says, welcome in. Are you ready for your challenge? Yeah. He says, excellent. Um, he holds out his hand, and you give him your trainer's license. He leaves a little scribble on it, gives it back to you, and he opens massive red doors. What you see when you walk inside is a huge chamber. There's lights that line the ceilings, and it appears that there are turbines spinning all over the place. It looks like that this is this gym is doubling as a wind energy power plant. You're approached by a young man. He walks up to you and says, Welcome to the Fortree City Gym. My name is Miles. I'll be your first combatant. Is this your first time in a gym challenge? I mean, I guess for Cindy it wouldn't be, because she, like, loses all the time. Mm -hmm. So... <laughs> He says, all right, well, today at the Fortree City Gym, we'll be testing you in three categories. We'll be testing your skill, we'll be testing your luck, and we'll be testing your power. I'll start by testing your power. And he throws out two of the Fortree City Pokeballs that you saw from the Mart when you were there yesterday. Out comes a little black crow and a small little brown bird with red wings. And he says, for this first challenge... We'll be having a nice, basic double battle. So if you would roll an initiative for two of your Pokemon. So you send all of your Pokemon out and a small, not small, it's rather large. It's about 60 feet across. Um, railing extends from either side of you and you find yourself on what looks like a uh, like a battle pitch, more or less. Um, railings automatically shoot up from the ground and combat begins. Murkrow got the highest initiative roll and Miles says... Murkrow, let's start this off. Go for an Astonish. And rolls to hit. Does a 12 break Soli's armor class? No. Just barely not. So yes. this little crow with the hat on it is the same species of Pokemon you saw at the post office. Run, with no, without a double hat. <laughs> without a double hat, just a single a single black hat. Um, it flaps up towards Soli and makes a very, very spooky face. Um, Soli seems completely unfazed by this. It is Soli now, doesn't care. Soli just, Soli's just like, nah, I'm here to win this time. 
it's it's Cookie's turn. What does Cookie want to do? You're up against Murkrow and Spiro. Let's go for a tackle. Who are Hold you targeting? The plus three. Yeah. What? Which one are you targeting? I guess Murkrow. Okay. Attack first. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Fifteen. Yeah, that will break Murkrow's armor class. Roll your damage. Oh, six plus one to so seven. Ooh, is that a max roll? Yeah. Oh, let's go. Is yeah, Cookie inspired by the combat that against <laughs> Torkoal from yesterday, just zooms in. It sees that Murko tries to get an attack in on Soli, and Soli's still like, you know, didn't take any damage, wasn't phased, but hasn't gotten the chance to act yet. Cookie's like, no, and zooms up and smacks its gooey body into Murko, dealing a big hit of damage. Nicely done. It is now Soli's turn right after Cookie. I'm gonna go for an Ember, mm-hmm. also on Murko. Uh, 15 plus 2 is 17. Yeah, that hits. Oh, uh, we got 2 plus 1, so 3. Hey, that's Damn. not bad. That's not bad. We'll take it. This Murkrow that just got glomped on by a big, heavy little dragon slug gets followed up by a gout of flame from Sully's mouth. Um, goes straight into Murkrow's face, leaves it a little bit singed. It lets out a distressed little caw. Miles shouts out, Murkrow, you got this. I believe in you. And Murkrow goes, Meh! Um, we're going to move on to Spiro's turn. Murko's not looking very good, but Spiro is completely and fully ready for action. Miles says, if we're going to win this, we're going to have to soften them up. Go for Lear. So Spiro is going to request a wisdom save from both Cookie and Soli. So roll 2d20s and add your wisdom modifier. Soli got a 15. Okay. Cookie got a 5. Okay. The Spiro stares down its opponents, Cookie and Soli. Soli doesn't care. Soli's focused in the battle. Cookie looks in the eyes of the Spiro and feels a little frightened. Cookie is now going to be easier to hit. And it's Murkrow, who is not doing too hot. And Miles is going to say, all right, Murkrow, it's time to try it again. Go for another Astonish. And this time targets Cookie instead. A 15 hit Cookie. Yes. Okay. Cookie takes seven damage from the Astonish. Murkrow flies over a little bit more confident this time, a little bit more desperate, and lets out a ghoulish caw as it makes a spooky face in, at Cookie. All right, we're going to go back to Cookie now. We're going to go in for another tackle. Uh, we'll do Murkrow again. Okay. <laughs> Try and take it out. Sure. Yeah, focusing it down. 13 plus 2, 15? 15. No, plus 3, because the tackle's plus 3. Uh-huh. Uh, 16. 16. Jeez. Oh, 16 to hit, not 16 damage. Yes. Yeah, I'm hit. crazy. Okay, no, yes. No, no, yeah, no. no, no, sorry. You definitely hit. Uh, let, let's see what kind of damage you get. I was like, this the is really high. The max is for... seven. The max is seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This oh, is... I got another six. We got seven more damage. Let's go. Yo. <laughs> Cookie's out for blood today. That's wild. Apparently. Yeah. Um, Cookie getting startled is like, no. And just flops its entire body on top of Murkrow and flattens it into the ground. It looks like it's hanging on just by a, sh- a little sliver of HP. Um, it's Soli's turn. Does Soli want to finish it off? Yeah, we're going to go for Ember. Let's see it. Oh, no. Oh, Five no. plus two. Seven. Seven to hit. Seven will not hit, unfortunately. I don't um, think so. <laughs> Gooby lifts, lifts off of this Murkrow. And uh, Murkrow sees this opportunity to get out of the way. Soli fires another gout of flame over towards this little crow. But Murkrow deftly dodges out of the way and flaps gently in the air with the little bit of energy that it has left. Spiro, having leered at Cookie successfully, is now going to go for a 
Good old classic peck. Does a 12 hit Cookie? No. Okay. Spiro goes in for the peck and Cookie sees it coming and isn't a very mobile little slug dragon, but manages to toughen up its body enough where the peck just doesn't deal any damage. Cookie's really out here today. Uh, yeah, Cookie coming in clutch. Yeah, Cookie's kind of a, a bit of a monster. This brings us back to the low HP Murkrow. Murkrow's also going to go for a peck into Cookie, seeing that Spiro tried and failed. Miles instructs Murkrow to follow it up and try and get it this time. And rolls a four. So Murkrow goes in and Cookie is still all hardened up. Like, come at me. What? What are you going to do? You know, like Cookie is out here to win. Um, gets pecked by this crow, but just doesn't deal any damage. Let's see. It's Cookie's turn. We're going in for another tackle on this Murkrow. Oh, nat 20. Okay. Yeah, that's hit. a crit. Um, <laughs> do you have an inkling to describe how Cookie knocks out Murkrow with that critical hit? Just flattens it. Just completely flattens it. Completely flattens it. Excellent. How do I roll the damage for that? Okay, Is so it still the one d six. Yeah, we or? can we can roll the damage just to see how much I mean, you deal. It, but it has dead. it has four HP left. So oh, okay. Um, but next time for crits. So what you do for crits is that you just add the max roll to a regular okay. roll. Like you just automatically do full damage and then you do it again. Basically, Cookie lifts its body up into the air and at because it was all stiffened up from blocking these pecs, it's super heavy, super goopy. Lands on top of the sloppy Murkrow and it's just squished, squished on the ground, twitching a little bit. I mean, it's alive, but it's in some pain and it's, it's all it's covered. It is covered in goop. <laughs> Uh, Miles recalls Murkrow and he says, you did a good job, buddy. Spiro, it's all on you. And despite the fact that he just said that, it's actually Soli's turn. Ember. 11 plus 2. Uh, 13 to hit. That hits. Oh. You're wrecking this first trainer. I can't believe... Okay, and I, can't... I also rolled uh, a 6. So 6 Jeez. plus 7 damage. Jeez, what? I thought Cindy Everybody's was... out for blood today. Cindy was supposed to be bad at battles. Like, that's her lore. Like, what is this? She's been empowered. That's incredible. She got two new Pokemon and it just reinvigorated everybody. Seriously, Soli is just so inspired by Cookie's incredible performance. Um, just, like, Cookie's up front taking all these pecs and receiving no damage where Soli's in the back line just like a cannon, just shooting flames at these poor birds. Um, Spiro takes a big old flame to the wing and is un unable to, to fly right now, has to walk around on its feet, taking a massive, massive hit. Um, Spiro is going to go for a fury attack into the Pokemon that just dealt damage to it, which is Soli. Does a 12 hit Soli? No. It misses by one. This poor yes. Spiro, this poor, poor <laughs> Spiro just can't get any damage off. Um, it should have attacked Cookie because Cookie's down from a Leer. But regardless, Spiro hops on over since its wing is burnt and goes for a fury attack with its talons. And Sully just sees it coming, hops out of the way, doesn't even care. Let's go back to Cookie. All right. And we're going to go for another tackle. 12 plus 3, 15. 15 hit? does hit. I don't, you only missed your first attack, huh? Crazy. <laughs> uh, roll your damage. Uh, three damage. Three damage. He, that's something. Cookie, yeah. Cookie comes in with the classic branded tackle. This time, less of an overhead smash and just kind of slamming its body into Spiro, dealing a nice little chunk of damage. Spiro's getting all all riled up. Is going to go for another fury attack. This time into Cookie, who is right in front of it. Does a sixteen hit? Yes. Fury attack hits multiple times. This one is, in fact, going to hit maximum amount. Oh. Spiro gets off thirteen points of damage with that fury attack. 
Oof. Seeing that Cookie is a little bit vulnerable from the, the leer that seemed to spook it from earlier, and since it's been doing so much heavy lifting, Spiro finds an opening, goes in with a Talon Strike, a Beak Smash, a Talon Strike, and another Talon Strike. You know, looking pretty roughed up at this point. However, probably not more than Spiro. It's always turn. Okay. So we're going to Ember again, because okay. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Uh, nat 20, so that oh burns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it probably just KOs. Let's see the damage. Is that also a crit, or does it just burn because it's It's a crit. A, burn? a natural 20 is oh, a crit. Okay. So. so we got 6 for the... Because it would be a D6. Mm-hmm. I rolled a 5. Uh-huh. So that's 11 plus 1. It's so a 12 damage. That is exactly enough to KO Spiro. Um, do you have any flavor for this, or...? <laughs> Just all the fire, like more fire than uh, Soli's ever been able to put out in an ember in its life. <laughs> yeah, it seems like this adventure that has started with you and three people who you've never met, one of them who you've met before, but you aren't super familiar with, um, has invigorated Soli. And you're seeing power that you've never quite seen before come out of this thing. Um, Spiro takes a huge flame to the face. It's like a fireball. It can't do anything but just stand there and watch it happen. And its eyes turns to X's. And it falls to the ground. Miles recalls his Spiro and says, wow, I can't believe this. This is your first gym challenge, you said? I've lost a bunch. My goodness, I can't imagine. That was incredible. Um, He reaches into his pocket and pulls out eight dollars, eight pokey dollars. Sweet. He says, well, up next for you is the speed challenge. I wish you the best of luck. You're going to do great, I'm sure. I hope so. He gestures over to another door, leads to a different chamber of this wind energy facility. You find yourself in a massive room. It's about the length of a football field. Standing there is another young gentleman. He has his hair back in a ponytail. He's got a bearded face and he says, hey, a new challenger. Welcome. Good to see you. My name's Ben. Hello, I'm Cindy. Well, Cindy, what we got here is a speed challenge. If you see in this giant room... We're going to have a little race. He gestures his hand over to the wall and you can see that uh, there's wind turbines that kind of are pushing the air in every direction. And there's hoops coming out from the ground and slightly above the ground. He looks at you and says, this is going to be a one on one race. Who are you going to use? I'm trying to think, like, who's the fastest? So it's not Cookie. It's probably either Soli or uh, Izzy. So let's see how fast Izzy is. You send out Izzy in its premier ball, hops on the ground, looks around eager for a fight. However, a fight is not coming. Ben throws out his Fortree City ball, and out comes a little dragonfly. It's a little dragonfly, and it's got really sparkly scales. Ben looks over to you and says, all right, so here's what's going to happen. My Yanma, fastest Yanma in the West, he says. So the idea is that you're going to hop through six rings, go to the other side of this arena, and then go through those same six rings on your way back. And if you win the race, you win the challenge. You see him reach over to his Yanma, and he, he dangles rope-holding bags of something heavy over his his yanma and he says so this is customary my yanma's ability is speed boost over time he's going to get much much faster so we're gonna give you a little little advantage here like we do with all the all the challengers if you would roll initiative and we'll start this race every turn that you get every initiative turn you're able to do multiple things you can move up to 30 feet you can send an attack you can do a dash in which case you would move up to 60 feet or you can move and do some sort of skill check about 20 feet in front of you, there's a ring. It's quite large. It's about six feet across or six feet diameter, and it's 15 feet off the ground. So you're going to have to make a little jump to get up there or perhaps climb up the pole that's holding it up. How do you want to do this first turn? 
So I'll move 30 feet and poison gas. The save is 11? Yes. Okay. A constitution save. Constitution save. Um, Yanma meets 11, but ties go to the favor of the attacker. So what happens to Yanma? Uh, 1d4 plus 1 of damage. Okay. And the glass, the gas at cloud remains on the field until your next turn. Oh, and how big is the I gas cloud? I don't know cloud? what that means. Uh, 15 foot radius. Okay. So I think they run out of it, but. Yeah. Yeah, Yanma will be able to fly out, but in the meantime, take some damage. And is it poisoned uh, as well? Five damage. Max yeah. damage. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, so I failed the save, so therefore poisoned. That's going to help you. So I just a don't lot. need to attack anymore because it'll just be taking damage. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. This thing's got quite a bit of HP, but you put yourself in a great position. So Izzy hits the ground, sees exactly what it has to do, and charges towards the ring. And as it does so, it expels purple poisonous gas from its flanks, leaving a trail behind it um, that just completely covers Yanma as Yanma's having a hard time getting a head start. Crit failed its initiative, so have, having some trouble. It's now Yanma's turn, and Yanma, moving really slow through the poison, just moves up its movement speed, which as of right now is 15 feet. However, you can see that when it's flying, it has a shroud of blue aura around it that is going slowly brighter and brighter. It takes a little bit of damage from the poison, equal to its proficiency modifier. Oh, we didn't describe how Izzy went through the ring. Could I get a... Check of your choice for Izzy to get through this ring that is 15 feet off the ground. Probably Dex. Dex, you want to do oh. acrobatics, I'm guessing? I don't know if there's a specifically stealth and deception. I also have a climbing speed of 25 feet. Okay. Um, yeah. But it, I rolled a 16 plus 2 if it's the, yeah. uh, off the Dex modifier. Yeah, if it's off the Dex modifier, which it should be. You could have chosen to make it strength, um, but I think Dex is perfectly appropriate. And that is definitely sufficient to, to go through the ring. Izzy if we're doing acrobatics, is going to hop into the air, give it a, a little propulsion from the from the gases it's spewing from its flank, and then pop, you hear a little sound as it goes ding, as it jumps through the ring, and Izzy hops on the ground 30 feet in front of you. Um, Yanma is pretty far behind you and is in rough shape, but you can tell it's gradually speeding up. Now we have um, a series of rings, two and three out of six. One is far to the left of where Izzy currently is, and one is far to the right. To get to both of them, you'll have to do something creative or make a dash, perhaps, or make a skill check or use your ability, one of your moves in a creative way. In order to cover that ground, the zigzag from left to right, it'll be a whole 60 feet. I could, like, ember jetpack. I would, I, I, I would encourage you to try whatever you think seems cool and see if it works. We'll try. <laughs> I really hope it does well. <laughs> okay, ember jetpack. Let's see it. We're going to Ember Jetpack to try and get, maybe climb up one and try and get from one to the other with the Ember Jetpack. I got a 13, the modifier for the move to hit mm. is plus four. So that's a 17. Yeah, it works pretty well. You managed to get through, or not you, but Izzy, scampering on the ground, climbs quickly through that first ring and then turns about and shoots a gout of flame from its snout. And it's a pretty powerful blast. Um, it's not focused in a line. It's focused in a big wide radius and it leaves a you know, little propulsion blast. Um, uh, and with a puff of smoke, Izzy manages to essentially fly backwards almost through the second ring. It's just five feet away, which is really nicely done. Yanma, starting to zoom, manages to go through the first ring with, that, with ease. It's done this so many times. You hear a little ding as it goes through and is going to fire off a bug buzz and attempts to slow you down. Ooh, Yanma shoots out some sonic waves. They are green and full of energy, and they fly over towards Izzy and pelt Izzy right in the side. 
It's going to be 13 points of damage, of, of bug-type damage. I do believe you resist bug. Yes. Okay, so that, that will round down to six. So actually, not that bad. Still kind of scary. You're just five feet away from the third ring, and then the last three rings are just all sequential. But the problem is that they are constantly getting higher and higher in the air. They're, ho they're hoisted into the ground by poles. One of them is five feet above the ground, one of them is 15 feet above the ground, and then the other one is 30 feet above the ground. There's just enough space on the ring where Izzy would be able to clamp and stand, but you'll have to be creative with how you're going to navigate through these rings. Uh, I think this turn we're just going to dash okay. and try and get as far as possible because um, the Yanma is still taking poison damage. Mm -hmm. So at least I have that going for me. Absolutely. Does that get us to like the, the next ring? Yes. So if you dash, it depends on. Um, so you get through the first ring. It's just on the ground and it goes ding and you're, you're set. Um, the next one is 10 feet off the ground and you could either use an ability or you could just climb up the pole. Um, if you use an ability you'll be in position to jump or make another check to get into the second ring. If you climb, you'll for sure get up there, but you won't be able to make it to the second ring. I mean, we could try Ember Jetpack again, because the only other option that's realistic is like a poison gas jetpack. Sure. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I don't the think flame that's is a little... Yeah. Yeah, that is a refined. Okay, so at so... what point do you want to use the jetpack? Do you want to use it like right now to get through the first and maybe the second, or do you want to... Um, I guess that's the only time you'd use it, actually. So you could get to the second. Yeah, because I'd be doing that instead of dashing. Absolutely. All right. Give me the Ember Jetpack. Let's see it. Four, so 18. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good Ember Jetpack. Izzy slides through the ring on the far right that you stopped to just before at the end of your last Ember Jetpack. And now you go for it again, this time a little more successfully. It's almost like Izzy's done this before, which is very strange because you've spent a very short amount of time together. Um, Izzy turns about once again, forces its snout into the ground, and breathes out a jet of flame. The first two of the last three rings, Izzy propels itself through and perches itself snugly on the second to last ring. The other one just 10 feet away, 15 feet up in the air, and Yanma will take its turn. It's starting to zoom. It's now matching the speed of Izzy. Um, it zooms through the last two rings that Izzy went for, and this time fires off a air slash in hopes to knock Izzy off of that ring. And crit fails. My goodness. Oh. Yanma powers, you know, charges up its air slash, shoots out some gusts out of its wings, but it seems to just like backfire. And Yanma just flops onto the ground for a second and is now prone. Is going to have to take an action getting up. Despite this, its ability still procs. Blue aura grows around it, and it seems to be speeding up. You have one more ring to get through, and then you just have to run back. That's all you got to do. They don't have to go through the rings. Nope, you, you just have to make it back to the trainer. How close is the Yanma? Because it just tried to attack, right? Yeah, the Yanma is about 30 feet behind you. But it's okay, air slash backfired, so... and now it's in a bad spot. Or um, Ember has a 60-foot range. We could try to Ember jetpack at the, <laughs> at the Yanma. That sounds pretty cool. Um, I would, Assuming I roll well. I, I would let you try it, for sure, because that seems neat. Like, Ember jetpack... As is an the attack. main goal. Yeah. But also, like, it, the range is 60 feet, so if it's within that 60 feet of jetpack it propulsion... Is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope. Give it a try. Oh, no. Oh, no, what happened? I got a 5 plus 4, so a 9. Mm. Izzy, feeling really overconfident, maybe tries to do too much at once and thinks, I'm going to get an attack off while I fly through this ring. Um, Izzy focuses its blast on the Yanma that's been knocked prone, but because Yanma's on the ground, it's really flat and it's kind of hard to hit. This throws off Izzy's coordination 
and it jumps in the air, fires off its ember, and just hits its back against the pole that it was trying to g- jump in the ring through and slides down to the ground from the last ring. Um, you made some some x-axis movement, but not some y-axis. So you're gonna have to have to do that your next turn to get through the final ring. Um, Yanma is going to have to spend a large chunk of its movement or its whole action to get up here. And you know what? I think Yanma is going to take its whole action um, to get up off the ground and then is going to fly and catch up to basically to where you are. Its movement is increasing every turn and it's going to be at the ring that you were just standing on when you last tried to fire your Ember jetpack. However, because it spent its action standing up, it cannot attack you. It is back to Izzy's turn. Okay. I think we'll just climb up the pole and maybe do try and do like some kind of jump to get down so that way it's not climbing up and down okay to okay. try and save some time sure so we'll do i guess acrobatics yeah let's see an acrobatics <laughs> nat 20 oh my god <laughs> is he's just like your whole team's just flexing on this gym today you were made for this this is absurd apparently is he sees that it failed to do the clever ember jetpack is like you know what i'm the i'm on the ground i just got to make this happen and just bounces itself off of the pole that it slammed into and does a ridiculous backflip spin in the air it's like a tony hawk pro skater move basically um as izzy's flying up spews out some poison and some fire from its body and leaves like almost a dazzling fireworks show in the air as it goes through the last ring and you hear a ding does izzy perch up there or does it want to get back on the ground Probably get back on the ground. I'm using like most of my turn for move, like obviously that check and then movement. Okay. So, however Excellent. far I can go. Yep. You you easily Izzy makes such a show out of going through this final ring. All the rings are lit up green, and now Izzy all it has to do is run back to Cindy. Yanma is at the second to last ring, and as a flyer has a pretty easy time getting through the last ring. So it will fly around to hover just above Izzy. And is going to once again try that air slash. Being poisoned gives it disadvantage, so you're very lucky. It went from a 19 to a 9. I don't believe a 9 is going to hit. No. Apparently my armor class is the same for all of my Pokemon. 13, so. Yanma goes, fires off another gale towards Izzy. Unfortunately, does not connect. Um, As Yanma flies to attack Izzy, it's going to fly through the ridiculously spectacular poison and fire cloud that was just set up by izzy so would you roll some poison gas damage because of that crit was just so cool i rolled a three a three yeah this yanma it has rarely had this hard of a time with gym challengers and it's about slightly below half hp now which is pretty absurd for this beautiful bug i'm uh, i'm assuming cindy's pleased as peach with this performance so far it's been going very well just has to run all the way back it's a total of 60 feet you could potentially just do it with a dash if you want to try that's that's the plan dash dash it out excellent as a reaction yanma is going to try and throw a sucker punch at you in hopes to prevent you from getting back all in one go still poisoned 18 and three you are so lucky um there's no more checks to make there's nothing else to do Do, does uh izzy do anything you know showy or flashy or make any sort of sound how do you think izzy Uh, finishes this challenge i feel like they'd be like a little flashy like sticking their tongue out right Mm -hmm. that's a thing that's like the the tongue thing absolutely the classic reptile sticking their tongue out all the time yes excellent izzy with no nonsense licking the air with its tongue scampers all the way back up to cindy 
climbs up her leg into her arms and a bell goes off and uh, Ben says, wow, I haven't been beaten that hard in a long time. You and that slanted man. I can't believe that just happened. That's I mean, that's all my luck right there. We're going to go into the luck one. And I'm going to lose. <laughs> we will see. We will see what happens. Um, ben says incredibly well done. Incredible. I hope you and Salandit go places. Uh, he reaches into his wallet and gives you 12 Poke Dollars. You could just have two more challenges left. Yeah, the luck room and then our gym leader. As far as the luck room goes, I wish you the best of luck. He points you to the next door in the wall, and this seems to be going up a staircase. You take some steps, and to your left and to your right, you realize that you're starting to get to the roof of the building. You can see directly above you that the ceiling is just totally opened up, and there's a giant wind turbine pole that stretches beyond your vision, basically, as you're going up these stairs. There's a platform on the way where the stairs turn around where there is a woman standing before you. She has brown hair. She's wearing glasses. She's wearing a hoodie. She's wearing some pants, and she looks very cozy. Her hoodie pattern is white and it has little colorful triangles all over it. And she says, oh, look who decided to show up. It's a new challenger. I'm Cindy. She says, good to meet you, Cindy. I'm Gabriella and welcome to the luck challenge. She says, it's time, sweetie. And she throws out her four tree ball. And what you see before you is a very silly looking Pokemon. It is basically an egg with little hands, little feet wings and like a long neck just sticking out of its head and it has a stupid little face it's wonderful yes it is in fact a togetic gabriella says i hope you're ready for this you're going to pick any number of pokemon you'd like we could pick everybody if you want it might change the terms of the challenge yeah we'll go solely okay just solely she says just your volpix huh in that case here's the rules of this battle you don't actually have to defeat my friend here. In fact, I don't think you could. And Gabriella lets out a giggle. Um, and the Togetic does quite the same. She says, all you have to do is last for six turns. You think you can do it? Yeah. Okay. Roll initiative. So be- because you went first, uh, you're able to prepare yourself. You don't really know what's coming. What do you want Soli to do? You're on a basically an open, exposed platform. There's a railing on the sides. There's not really anywhere to hide. Is there some sort of stance or posture, or you want to creatively use an attack to be more prepared? What would you like to do? Like a baby doll eyes. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that just automatically happens, right? Yep. Okay. Because it's normally like a reaction, but I guess since I'm in a battle, like... So to start things off... Soli on the ground just looks up at this floating egg thing and just looks at it super cute. And Togetic cannot handle this, and its cheeks turn a little red, and it lets out a little squeal, and it just thinks that Soli is so charming and so fluffy. Togetic wiggles its finger. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. And seemingly out of nowhere, a bunch of seeds shoot out of its body towards Soli. You watch as seeds fly through the air and implant themselves into Soli. At the end of each of your turns, you're going to take grass damage equal to your proficiency modifier. And Togetic's going to be healing, but it doesn't really matter because it doesn't need to lose or it doesn't need to battle. So it's back to Soli's turn. Um, is there anything you want to do? Tail whip. Tail whip? Okay. I need to check its wisdom score. Oh, it barely passes. Gets a 13. 
Okay. Not affected by this tail whip. Once again, Togetic goes for this finger wiggle. Oh my gosh, this is a big one. Wiggles its finger and is completely compelled to smash its body into the ground. Um, the platform that you're on starts violently shaking and a small fissure, a small crack in the platform opens up. It opens up beneath solely. Um, I have yeah. to roll a D100 to determine this damage. Excuse me. Soli is going to take 2d6 points of damage of super effective ground damage. Oh no. Okay. That's going to total to 8 damage. That was a bad one. Yeah, that was possibly that was one of the worst moves that you could have pulled. If you'd like, you may spend an action to try and remove the seats. What yeah, what is your idea. what is your method? Do you want to brush them off? Do you want to try and burn them? Ooh, burning them's a good idea. Because she can Ember on herself and not hurt herself. True. I'm, I'm not going to say that. she has the flash fire. <laughs> right. I'm not going to say you're going to power yourself up because that's kind of hacking. But you can definitely try and burn the seeds off. So. Yeah, no. I didn't mean the, like, boof, beef booster sure. because of it. <laughs> yeah. Just to, like, burn the seeds, but she won't burn herself. Absolutely. Um, that roll, is... roll an Ember against your AC and see what happens. I got 15. Yeah. My armor class is 13. <laughs> Great. Yeah, you managed to solely stands there and is like, you know what? I'm tired of these seeds. And it turns its snout around and just burns the seeds off of its body. Leech seed, no more. Turn three of the metronome gauntlet. You're halfway there. No. Togetic gets a very sinister look in her eyes. And she puts out her little nubby hands and smacks them into solely. This move is assurance. And it's a singles battle. And you remove the seeds. So... It's not going to have any bonus damage, which you're really lucky about. However, the damage dice is kind of high. Ooh, you are very lucky. Um, that is going to be six damage, six dark damage. So 14 minus six is eight. Minus one more from. Oh, no, I got the seeds out. Mm -hmm. So just eight HP. OK, it's getting pretty close. You're halfway there. How oh, no. how do you want to spend your turn? You should have Cindy's new passive triggered, right? Uh, yes. Pyromaniac plus one skill. Nope. The new one, no. your level three one. Do you remember it? Oh, wait. Yeah. What did I not? Oh, less than half their max HP. They get a damage, extra damage dice. Yes. Got it. Yes. So you could, okay. you could attack. Good Ember. Yeah. Now we're going to ember the other Pokemon, not itself. Not, yes. Sully will not, <laughs> not ember itself. herself anymore. Yeah, go for it. 20. Okay. To hit. What was your natural roll again? Your, for not damage, but to hit? 18. Okay. What, did, what is it to burn? It's a 19 or 20, or is it just 20? 19 or 20, yeah. Uh, so close. That would have been a that really been nice good. thing for you. Um, Sully lets out a little blast of flame into Togetic. It's a, a, quite a bulky mon, but it definitely takes some damage here. For the fifth time out of six, Togetic, what move is it going to pull? Togetic tapes, takes a massive breath into its mouth and unleashes an incredibly loud sound. Um, Cindy is compelled to cover her ears as this sonic boom focuses on Soli. Have Soli make a con save. Okay, that's a seven. I thought it was a one. It's a seven. Oh, it's a seven. <laughs> it's going to be four damage. Okay. 
Four damage from the sonic boom. Ooh. So we're down two four HP. Four HP. You got one more. All right. This is uh, the last action that you have to take. This is turn six. You got one more move coming into you. It could be useless. You know, it could just be growl or something, but you have no okay. idea. Is there is time? <laughs> is there anything you'd like to do to prepare? You just attack again. Whatever you want. Is the disadvantage from baby doll eyes still in effect? No, that only lasts for the one. You could do it again. Okay. We're doing it again. <laughs> okay. So this next move will have disadvantage, or if it's a save that you have to make, you'll have advantage. Good timing. Okay. I think now is the time for you to do such a thing. Yeah. And requests that Vulpix, Vulpix makes a wisdom saving throw. Because of the baby doll eyes, you have advantage. So roll twice for wisdom. Okay. I rolled a four and I rolled a nat 20. Okay. Regardless of, your, nat 20. regardless of your nat 20, regardless of your crit, the move that was used was Endeavor. So it was actually never going to knock you out, but I wanted to scare you. Um, mm -hmm. What would have happened is that actually this would benefit you. Um, your HP would become equal to Togetix. Mm. So Togetix is much healthier than you are. So Togetix actually basically just heals Vulpix. Would have if you hadn't mm -hmm. crit the check, but that's the way the metronome goes. Gabriella says, "Excellent work, Togetic. I'm proud of you." And holds out her fortree ball, and Togetic gets sucked back into the pokeball. Gabriella looks over at you and says, "Wow, you two are quite the good team. You really did it, huh?" Gabriella gives you eighteen poke dollars. Good roll there. She also gives you just enough potions to fully heal your squad. Gabriella says, you're almost there. You just got to beat Winona. I think you can do it. Go on up those stairs and face her on the roof. You walk up the final set of stairs to the roof of the Fortree City Gym. It's a large circular roof. And behind you is a giant wind turbine that is spinning very, very slowly. City is the northernmost city and the highest altitude city that is not a mountain in the Hoenn region. The view is spectacular. It's early in the morning. The sun has like just risen. There's endless jungle to the north. Um, you can see the ocean from Lilico from where you started this adventure all the way off in the east. And you can see parts of Hoenn that you recently have visited as a vagabond in this region once before over to the west. There's a dormant volcano. There's a giant chasm where meteors have fallen in ancient times. And you can see an ocean on the other side. You can see the entire region from here. Out walks a woman that, as a Hoenn resident, you have seen before in the past. Her name is Winona. She has purple hair, and she's wearing kind of an aviator's outfit. She's, she's very, very fashionable. She approaches you and says, well, you've made it. I did. My name's Winona, and I'm the gym leader of the Fortree City Gym. For your final challenge, you'll be battling me. How many Pokemon do you wish to use? I don't know if it'd be beneficial to use all three or not. Is it a single battle? This is like a single singles. It depends on what you decide. Oh no. Soli and Cookie were a really good pair. Not that I want to bench uh, Izzy again. I think I'll do Soli and Cookie tag team. All right. Dream team. <laughs> yes. You send out your full health Gumi and your full health Vulpix. They're ready to scrap for their first gym badge. Winona says, excellent. Here are your choices. She sends out three Pokemon. One of them is a large bird, stands very tall. It's made of metal. You've seen it before. Its name is Skarmory. 
Next to it is another bird. It's blue and red and has a proud bird chest and beautiful feathers and a little twin tail that sticks out behind it. This Pokemon is named Swellow. Flying above it is a Pelican Pokemon with a ridiculously large beak and it has a goofy face. Winona looks at you and says, you may choose your opponent for this final battle. Not the Wingle or Pelipper. <laughs> okay, not the Pelipper. Between Skarmory and Swellow. I only have to pick one? You only have to pick one. Then Skarmory. <laughs> okay. Winona says, I see you've made your choice. Let the battle begin. Ah. <laughs> Roll initiative for both of your Pokemon. Let's kick this off. Battle versus Winona. Winona stretches out her hand and she says, Skarmory, you swift. And Skarmory lifts up its wings and shoots stars of energy towards both of your Pokemon. These do not miss. So they're just going to take some damage. They both take four points of normal type damage. As stars shoot out of Skarmory's wings and pelt your two Pokemon. Solely turn. So we're going to Ember. Okay. How does stab work? Same text. The, yeah, how does that work? We've we've applied it into your calculations. That's what we reviewed oh, okay. um, before okay, we started. Okay, so I get a nat 20 to hit. Oh my goodness. So Armory's burned. Holy <laughs> moly. Sully just <laughs> at its first chance to deal damage gets the perfectly shot ember into this large metal bird. Um, takes a critical strike. You can see that part of its steel feathers have like melted a little bit on its left wing. Um, interestingly enough, because of this burnt metal on its body, it sheds some of its feathers. Metal blades, which are basically melting swords at this point, just kind of fall to the ground. It seems like Skarmory is now more nimble, but maybe less resistant to your attacks. This is its weak armor ability. Gumi has a chance to follow up. Uh, tackle. Okay. Because tackle was going really well before. Yeah, it was. Oh, three. Eight to hit. Eight to hit. Eight is definitely not good enough for a bird made of metal. Um, <laughs> Gooby jumps into the air and smacks its body into Skarmory, and Skarmory just doesn't even notice. Skarmory doesn't care at all. Um, its eyes are focused on Soldi, and that is exactly who's going to attack now. Winona gestures her hand over and says, It's time for Air Cutter. And as Skarmory fire off blades of air in Soldi's direction. Does a dirty 23 hit solely? Okay. Does it have a disadvantage? It has disadvantage on its damage, but not okay. to hit. It's an interesting okay. mechanic. Um, but okay, that's yeah. the closest I could come up with for burn in the games. So, As Skarmory summons massive blades of air, shoots them in Soli's direction, and Soli gets buffeted with just what is sharp air. It's a very awful, strange feeling. Soli takes 16 points of flying-type damage. Skarmory also Ooh. takes... Three points of burn damage. We have four HP left on Soli. That was quite the strike. This does proc Cindy's passive, though. It, yeah. Speaking of, it's Soli's turn. Ember again. All right. Is it going to be another crit? I don't know. No, we got a six. A six? Two and a, eight. A <laughs> six. Did a six won't do it, unfortunately. Skarmory, a little bit more nimble now that it's shed some of its metal feathers, is able to completely fly out of the direction of Soli's Ember. Perhaps Soli got a little bit overconfident from that crit burn on turn one. 
still in a pretty advantageous position, if I may say so. Um, now Cookie mm-hmm. has a chance to try something. I'm trying to think if it's like advantageous to use bite, but I'm not sure. Because mm. if option. it doesn't get hit, then it doesn't <laughs> do damage. Mm-hmm. Let's go for a tackle. Oh no. Okay, seven plus three. Ten. <laughs> Ten. Unfortunately, still doesn't break the armor class of Skarmory. Once again, Cookie's like, I know this works, it works every time, and just throws his body at Skarmory and slumps off the side, and Skarmory still just doesn't notice. Just hasn't even noticed Cookie, like, at all. Speaking (laughs) of not noticing Cookie, Skarmory has its eyes set on Bullpix, and this time goes for a steel wing. Does a 14 hit solely. So unfortunate. I know that was really close. Um, Damage is at disadvantage, so let me do some math. Okay, that was a min roll, so I'm just going to have to give that to you, because if I rolled any better than that, um, that would be higher than the min roll. Despite that, it's crazy modifiers here. Um, that's going to be nine points of steel damage. Skarmory had its eyes set on Soli this whole time after taking such a massive crit to start off the battle. Flies its sword wings into Soli, and Soli collapses at Cindy's feet. It is now Gumi versus Skarmory. Skarmory takes three more points of burn damage. How's Gumi going to do this? I think Bide would now be advantageous because there's nothing else to hit. All right. Please read me the flavor text of Bide just so that we're uh, all on the same page. As an action, Bide, Energy, and Tally, all damage done to this Pokemon. On your next turn, use your action to lash out, dealing double damage received from direct attacks as a as typeless damage on a successful hit. On a miss, the stored energy is wasted. Skarmory witnesses... Gumi, perhaps out of fear or confidence, tighten up its body in anticipation of receiving attacks. And Winona says, time for another steel wing. Does an 11 hit Gumi? No. Okay. Skarmory may be feeling a little overconfident after taking out Soli. Flies its wings outstretched in order to slice up Gumi. But Gumi is soft and squishy. And the blades just don't seem to have any effect. And they now have some goop on them. And Skarmory flies back around to face Gumi. I think, at least for this turn, we'll, we'll, we'll bide. We'll okay. vibe. Vibe and bide. Skarmory, not wanting to miss its attack again, is going to go for a swift. This will always hit and deals five damage, five normal type damage to Cookie. <laughs> that sounds so evil. <laughs> it is now Cookie's turn. Oh, 10. 10. No. So ah. tragic. Cookie unleashes its stored pain that it just received from these stars that flew at its face. Um, and unfo- it's too squishy. And it's just too squishy. <laughs> it's it's just it's just squishy slug dragon versus metal bird having a really hard time. Skarmory this time going for another steel wing. Does an 18 hit Gumi. Yes. Okay. Uh. Damage disadvantage. Oh, okay. That's not terrible. That's only 10 points of steel-type damage to Gumi as the blade slice into its squishy body and some goop kind of flies out. Takes three more points of burn damage. Still Do in... I know how hurt Skarmory is, or does it not seem very hurt? In traditional D&D terms, at the point where it's at, you would describe it as bloodied, but okay. um, Skarmory don't isn't quite it. bloodied. It's more just <laughs> okay. shed some of its wings, and it looks a little tired. Um, it's, okay. It has yellow HP. Well, let's go for a tackle. Okay. Uh, does an 18 hit? It absolutely does. 
Oh, roll your damage. Okay. Roll your damage with half the damage die because this is a steel type. <laughs> two damage. Okay. Two damage is two damage. We <laughs> take more those. from the burn. It's now Skarmory's turn. Skarmory is going to go for an air cutter into Gumi. Does a seven hit cookie. No. This battle is getting so close. It needs to end soon. <laughs> Skarmory <laughs> shoots out a blade of air in attempts to strike Gumi, but Gumi uses its little dragon slug body to nimbly, deftly, just barely dodge out of the way of this air cutter. What's, what's, how, what's his cookie's response? Can cookie end this? I wonder if absorb would be good, because then I can get a little bit of HP back, assuming I hit. Yeah, let's try absorb. Three plus three, six. Six. Does not hit. Six does not hit. <laughs> Furthermore, Skarmy as a flying type does resist grass damage, so even if it had hit, it would taken slightly less damage okay. from that. Gumi latches its body onto Skarmory and tries to steal some life energy from, from this metal bird, but it has no effect seemingly. The armor is just too dense for Gumi to break through. How much HP does Gumi have left? 11. 11. Pretty spooky. Yeah. Um, Skarmory gonna go for another steel wing. You are so lucky because I rolled a 2. Skarmory stretches its wings out goes to slice up Gumi, does not make contact, takes more damage from burn, its HP is now in the red. Can Gumi do this? Is it possible? Just try not to get hit, apparently, is the play. Let it burn. <laughs> is bubble, like, water? Bubble would be neutral damage. Neutral. That's better than not effective. True. And with Cindy's passive, you'll be dealing extra it, it'll damage. It'll do more damage, yeah. Okay. Let's try for some bubbles. 19 plus 2, so a, a 22. 21 to hit. Gumi, seeing how the battle is so close on the line, shoots out bubbles from its mouth in hopes to damage Skarmory. As the bubbles fly through the air and connect with Skarmory's wings, Cindy notices as they change from gentle blue water bubbles to red hot bubbles. They connect with Skarmory's body and starts to melt its feathers even further. Skarmory takes critical damage, falls to the ground, and the battle is over. Oh, It okay. seems like some information learned from the Rite of Learning is starting to come through about this oh. Gumi. And your move Bubble now deals fire-type damage. Okay. Winona looks at your Gumi, walks on over and kneels on the ground and puts out her hand and says... I've never seen a Gumi do anything like that before to my Skarmory. And Gumi sticks out a little part of its slug body and attempts to shake Winona's hand as the champion <laughs> of the Fortree City Gym. Winona goes over to Cindy and says, incredibly well done. And she gives you $100. Whoa. And she also gives you the Fortree City Gym badge, a.k.a. the Feather Badge. She says, I take it you're a relatively new, new battler. And you're taking the gym challenge. I, <laughs> I am certain that you will have no problem with the rest of your battles. Making conversation, she asks, where will you go from here? There's a gym. The Poke Center? <laughs> <laughs> she explains, the nearest gym, depending on how you look at it, there's one in Moss Deep City, which is across the ocean to the east. You also have the, ch the choice of going to Mauville City, the capital. If you're from here, I'm sure you're familiar with the capital. The choice is yours. 
but I am certain that regardless of where you go, your challengers will have a very hard time. Uh, conveniently, there's an elevator from the top of this stadium. You're able yeah, to step down, and it takes you to the sur- the surface. It takes you to the ground of Fortress City, right outside <laughs> the gym. Um, is there anything you'd like to do, or are you just going to go back to the Pokemon Center? Probably back to the Pokemon Center, just to make sure everybody's happy, healthy, back to normal. Absolutely. You you arrive back at the Pokemon Center, and you walk into the hostel room that you were staying in. You see that Sam is sitting upright in her bed. She is nursing her boot that is on her foot from the injury that she took when fighting off Torkoal, who was attacking Fortree. And she says, oh, you're back so soon. How'd, you, how'd it go? One. You won? Is first that your first badge? Ever. Yeah. Incredible. I'm so proud of you. And she like reaches out for a high five. Woo. Um, roll a dex check just for fun. I was about to say, do I need to roll? Yeah. See how horrible this high five is. Just out of curiosity. Uh, seven. Seven. Okay. She got a three. <laughs> so you both just suck and you just you just laugh it off. You're like, well, it's just a bad high five. This <laughs> is just a bad high five. But, you know, Sam just woke up and you're you're still a little jittery from the success of your battle. Um, you can tell that Gimli is starting to stir and Rog and Roll is jumping on his bed. It seems like he might be the next one to take the gym challenge. Are you going to spend your morning relaxing? Are you going to go to the gym with him, you think? What, what are you going to do? Maybe I'll, like, walk him to the gym. I know that he wanted to catch or attempt to catch the uh, Torkoal that we... Um, so mm-hmm. you escort him to the nurse at the Pokemon Center, and he receives news about how the Torkoal is doing. And that's where we're going to end our gym challenge session. Thank you for tuning in to this special gym session of Dunsparce and Drampa. If you're enjoying the series, please be sure to follow or subscribe and check out the links in the description or by visiting linktree slash Dunsparce. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Dunsparce. This podcast was heavily inspired by Boarding Party's Pokemon D&D podcast on YouTube. So if you enjoy this content, you should undoubtedly go check them out as well. Keep your eyes out for the Dunsparce and Drampa Patreon, coming soon. We'll be back with another gym session later this week. We'll see you then. I got nothing else to say besides good job. Thank you. You're the first one in the party with a badge. Yeah. I'm really lucky because <laughs> I was very afraid it was not going to go well.